I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, everyone. You have arrived at Characters on the Couch. I'm Jordana Horn, and I am here with my dear friend, Dr. Adam Stern. Hi there. And we're going to be chatting all about analysis of fictional people. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Characters on the Couch. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Adam Stern. Hello, Jordana. Hello, and I'm Jordana Horn, and we are going to be talking about, I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm, I'm a person, I guess, of middle age, and so... Fleischman is in trouble has been blowing up my social media feed ever since it was released. So we're going to talk about it because Adam, these people have problems. <laughs> Their problems are so nicely attuned to people like us. I don't know, I, you know, just like middle-aged people of a certain uh, New York background. I know it's based on a book that I have not read. Yes, it's a great book. And and I happen to know Taffy who really? wrote it and two thumbs up. Really recommend the book. If you like the show, read the book. If you didn't like the show, what are you even doing? Right. <laughs> like whatever. But okay, go on. Sorry. I just think it was an incredibly well done show. And I feel like it spoke to people I know very directly. It captured a sort of essence about a certain stage of life for a certain kind of person. I don't know. I'm speaking in generalities as though this is a riddle, but it's just that I really enjoyed the show and I thought yeah. it was thought-provoking and really interesting. So it is a little bit of a riddle in the sense that the way the story is told deliberately makes you as the viewer take sides with Toby Fleischman, mm-hmm. um, the divorced dad whose kids are foisted upon him in the middle of the night by his allegedly reckless, heinously bitchy terrible, no good, very bad ex, Rachel. Mm -hmm. So as the story goes on, we learn that maybe Rachel is a little more complex than Toby has given her credit for. Who do you want to start with here? Because everyone here has a Mm-hmm. Everyone here's got Cirrus. Let's put it yeah. that way. And yeah. I, w- I would say that the way that the show's designed, it's like a, a tripod of a show where they're giving a version of middle age that's Toby and a version that's uh, Libby, played by Lizzie Kaplan, who is currently married and miserable. And then there's a version of Seth, played by Adam Brody. I think he was also Seth in the OC, but okay, we'll we'll move beyond. I mean, that. I guess I guess he's Seth. He's typecast Just as forever. A guy named he's Seth. Seth. Yeah. yeah, he's like a finance guy, perpetually uh, dating younger women, and is settling down. Right as the show goes on, so it's those three characters. Oh come on, we got to Can we let, let's put Rachel in there as well, yeah. one of, as yeah, one yeah, of yeah. our four? Rachel is the linchpin of the whole show. I mean, Rachel. When I, what I love 
one of the many things I love. The show is called Fleischman is in Trouble. And the way it, it presents, you think they're talking about Toby. But in fact, the I mean, at least that was my initial, oh, Toby's the protagonist. But then as the show goes on, you realize Fleisch, she, you know, she identifies with uh, the name Fleischman and 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 they're both in trouble right this is this right. is a show that actually we're getting only one kind of perspective on and it's really uh there there are obviously multiple perspectives so, okay yeah, so who, who should we, Rachel's who should we, I, I want to start with Rachel let's do it what is that is that a complete mental breakdown that she has um what is a mental breakdown because that's another yeah. thing that you know a, a common theme in this podcast has been that i casually toss around terms like many people, right? I casually mm -hmm. toss around terms that actually have roots in, you know, psychological and medical realities. So mm -hmm. if you could talk a little bit about what she goes through, what a breakdown is, is, mm -hmm. is that what this is? Or is it the culmination and eventual eruption of like PTSD from an experience in which she was assaulted yeah. during the birth of her first child. Yeah. So by the end of the show, I think we have a really full formulation of Rachel. And this is the rare, we've been, we've done a lot of these. I think we've done 28 shows on this podcast to date. And this is the first character for whom my actual integrated approach using therapy and medications is actually uh, of use. Yes. So what she experiences. I knew we'd get there eventually, by the way. <laughs> one day I, I knew it i knew it had to happen so yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah what she experiences the way it's portrayed and described by libby's narrator is is very much a psychotic break with a manic component you would probably end up landing on a diagnosis like either brief psychotic episode which is a formal diagnosis that can self-resolve and be okay or more likely maybe a bipolar disorder uh mixed state slash, you know, the psychotic manic episode. These are formal diagnoses that, that you could absolutely make based on the information we have. Were this a real person? And there are real medic, not just like optional medical treatments for that, but really, frankly, like she was in need of help. She would be committed is what you're saying. Yeah, she, like. she would be in, in involuntary treatment. And if she were in the state that was portrayed during that month and, and she went before a judge, which is what would actually be required to, to medicate her if she were not willing, she'd likely have a court order, to your point, for this involuntary treatment where she'd be put on uh, mood stable stabilizing antipsychotic something like that but is that how it happens it, it is. You, you just you're going about your life you're functioning as normal and then just one day you snap great question so what i would argue is there's pro there were probably warning signs that we weren't privy to uh there were probably changes in sleep patterns behaviors that were on the order of weeks to months that led up to that point that we didn't really see because we were stuck in toby's perspective mm. to, to get back to your, your really interesting question about the term breakdown uh this is something that's thrown around a lot still but was really used a lot decades ago and was was perfectly fine decades ago i think in the modern day i think it's a it's a term that doesn't really mean anything it doesn't mean anything to a psychiatrist i can tell you that if someone says i had a breakdown 10 years ago i don't know if they're referring to a catatonic state right your or, breakdown can be my bad day yeah you yeah. know 
we're more more likely the opposite, but okay, yeah. Yeah, so so when like Libby's describing it to Toby, she's trying to raise the alarm and say, you know, your wife is in real trouble here. She says she's having a breakdown, I think, and Toby sort of shrugs it off and, you know, he's trying to not care basically. But but again, that term is like, I would never in a million years use it with a colleague or or a patient unless the patient brought it in and that's how they identified with some period of their life. Mm. That's so interesting. Yeah, I really felt for her. What's the the British colloquialism is like, you lost the plot. Like, she just really fell off the the face of her world. And do you attribute that to the trauma, or is it is it a recipe of trauma plus unsympathetic partner plus workplace stress plus? Yeah. Plus, plus. Exactly. I think it's plus, plus, plus. It's like multifactorial. Um, most of these conditions that lead to brief psychotic episodes are, you know, a complex thing of genetic predisposition plus all the environmental factors you just mentioned, plus, you know, an acute stressor. And in her case, she had a trauma history, frankly. And, you know, she also, at least the way that Toby portrayed her to our narrator, Libby. She was sort of had some character pathology, by which I mean, like, she seemed kind of disordered in the way she related to Toby. Again, that's a skewed perspective intentionally, right? Uh, So I don't know how much of that she would identify with or a therapist would identify with if they evaluated her. But yeah, I mean, she's, she is the most complex, most interesting from a psychopathology standpoint, because there's so much going on. The other three characters, it's more um, middle-aged malaise, shall we say. Well, uh, I'm going to throw into the middle-aged malaise. Toby, after a while, knowing what we know, is remarkably self-centered and cruel. You know, you're supposed to extend the benefit of doubt to people in your life you care about. Mm. He's really never done that with anybody. Mm. Um, you know, when Libby got married and moved to the suburbs, she's gonna, he's kind of like, well, you're not in my life anymore. You right. know, see ya. Um, and then calls on her like when he needs kind of a go-to at the diner Yeah, more than anything else. And... You know, I understand like life brings you in different directions, blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't extend that compassion to his wife. Yeah. Yeah. And and even his sort of regression back, you know, with, with these old friends, Libby and Seth, like that is a, I mean, there, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, having old friends. That's a wonderful thing. But the fact that they weren't seeing him and then he sort of reemerged, reemerged exactly from the relationship right. when he needed them, you know, um, I think that speaks to it as well. Yeah. So, I mean, don't you think like, what's his pathology? I mean, yeah. is, he ju- is he just a jerk? Is that? That's a good question. I mean, he's obviously experiencing an adjustment disorder uh, in the sense of he's having depressive and anxious symptoms in the setting of a major life change, right? He doesn't, as far as I can tell, he doesn't really meet criteria for any other acute diagnosis. And a lot of what we're just referencing is sort of personality that then on top of personality has been built these couple of decades of life, you know, that has turned him into something that he might not have been 20 years earlier. So yeah, where he is is not a good is not a good spot, and it's not a good look, right? One of the problems with his 
character in a good way, in other words, for the viewer, it makes it interesting, compelling, mm. is the more we learn about him, the less we like him, right? So sure. it, that, I think that's a technique that the show does really well, similar to like uh, Breaking Bad, where you take a character who at first is sympathetic by virtue of we're trained to believe that the, the protagonist is going to be a sympathetic character and you see he just like wakes up and he's a doctor and there are these kids that he has to take care of his kids that is the, the wife his wife has just dropped off so you're you're sort of primed to like him and then every episode you see him sort of fumble and ruin things and you see some of his maybe true colors come out under the stress so for him i think a therapy would probably look at trying to recapture some of his core values that have gone missing over the last 20 years <sighs> i mean frankly I wonder, I do wonder how much of the show would be different if instead of, you know, a disappearance, which is what we're led to believe he experienced from his wife, if in fact, like within a day or two, he found out, oh, she's, she, she's like not taking a nap in the park, but can't sleep having no, uh, she has no concept of reality in that moment, you know? So anyway, my point is, I wonder if the circumstances were different. I hope he would be a different person, but I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like for him, it's incontrovertibly, he's the Fleischman in trouble. He is the protagonist of his own narrative to the point where everyone else is, (laughs) to, to borrow some gaming lingo from the teens in my house, everyone else is an NPC. Everyone else is like totally. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, is it a non like an like an NPC? Is somebody? Yeah, it's someone who's you know just peripheral. Like they're they're like the equivalent of the music of of uh-huh. the you know like it it really doesn't matter, and that's sort of the way he lives his life, right? You both in at work yeah. as the savior, you know, the person at war with you know liver disease, yeah. what have you, yeah. and in his home life, he is the center of all things and his self-righteousness always, you know, is, Oh, I, I appreciate the world. I take walks. I, you know, I mean like, Oh my God, I want to just like put a sock in his mouth and be like, you know, you, you gotta like, you gotta get outside yourself for a little bit. And here's the, and the flip side of the person who's so in themselves is Libby who I wanted to also, um, I guess it's great that socks come in pairs because I wanted to (laughs) give one to Toby and one to Libby because I found Libby infuriating. Uh So why don't you go ahead and uh, give a little psychological dissection of Libby. What we know about Libby, A, she's narrating the story from the very beginning, which only over the course of the show do we sort of learn uh, is because she's writing this book about her friend, Toby going through this divorce, what we know uh, about her is that she used to work at a men's health magazine and she wasn't thriving there because of the circumstances and mistreatment basically by all the men around her. Right, right. The circumstances of having a vagina. Yeah. 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 I mean, it happens. It happens to the best of us. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so the men's magazine head played by Christian Slater. Do I have that right? I think I've got it right. Yes. 
he was famous for having written this one-sided view of, of a divorce, like a gonzo piece of like, I'm going to spend a year with this man and tell his story. And that's why he was famous. So by the end of the show, when you sort of realize she's narrating this story for us, the viewer, because she's writing the book. And by the way, by episode eight, she's going to correct that fatal flaw from that Christian Slater book. It all sort of fits. It's so, it's so freaking artful, this show, that I was mm-hmm. like, when I was watching and I, I, I was like, I don't know if this is going to hit the cultural zeitgeist the way that we like our shows to hit, but, mm-hmm. but I, I need to discuss this because it's so well done. Of course, of course. But it's not, I mean, it's it's in a very different category from, I think that White Lotus. White Lotus, right. If we back up, yeah. right, and we look at White Lotus season two, I think yeah. that the reason that that took off so much is because we have, as our, as our as viewers of pop culture, in 2023, there's this feeling of delight that we get when people who look perfect and are in a perfect mm. setting are irretrievably screwed up. Yeah, We like that. That makes us sitting on our couches feel really feel good. good. Yeah. yeah. Superior, yeah. like, yeah, amazing. So um, that, I think, gave yeah. everybody like a kind of high. Yeah. Whereas this... No, that's not what happens here. What happens here is you're either like, ooh, I too am, you know, neck deep in existential angst, (laughs) or you're like, man, I have problems, but at least I'm not like a navel gazer, mm-hmm. you know, like these people. Mm-hmm. So that that provided, you know, but but yeah. that's a, a little less satisfying than like, I don't know, judging like, you know, Cameron and yeah, there, there's a certain degree of uh, fun that the White Lotus has. That this show, this show is not fun in that way. No, it's just so. No, it's super smart. It's super intelligent. It's really well designed, yeah. and it is extremely intricate. And it, it would it would bear up, I think, to a lot of rewatching. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, but I anyway, I got to get back to Libby and why she why she pisses me off so much, because, okay, so Libby here is she's just as much stuck in herself Mm -hmm. as Toby is in himself to Mm -hmm. the point where, you know, she's wearing these deliberately ironic T-shirts 
to her suburban Zumba class as though to say like, oh, I'm I'm here, but I'm not one of you. And same thing. She keeps bailing on her family at random intervals, like on her kids and her husband to go and, you know, relive this life that she lived when she was living abroad in college with Seth and Toby. Mm -hmm. And it's partially out of a lack of definition to who she is now beyond her role as wife and mother because she has lost her professional footing. Mm -hmm. And it's partially like fighting, you know, against the passage of time, which, you know, okay, like that's right up there with like holding your breath. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't do that. You can, but like, I don't know, it just seems like a lot of effort expended, you know, for not a lot of paybacks. So I guess that just like the, the annoying, like, really? Like, that's what you're going to do is you're going to like lie in a hammock in your suburban backyard and vape. Like, here's my, here's my question. Did, did she, to me, she, she rang true to a certain person that I can, uh, I, I can't even think of who I'm thinking of, but it feels like the dilemma of, oh my God, this is my life. This is how my life turned out at a, at this kind of age, whatever age they're supposed to be. Like that feels like something that I don't know. 80, 90% of people could probably relate to, you know? Yeah, but it also feels like a little, for lack of a better word, like babyish, you know? Like yeah. like here we're, we're making fun, of, you know, here she is like being bitchy about her daughter. You know, her daughter wants to wear a bikini to the country club and she's like, there's not a bikini in this house. And I'm like, well, uh, okay, you're not the only one who's like imagining like this whole alternate universe. And really, if we wanted to get technical, you could get a bikini from Target. And in the suburbs, they deliver within two hours. So, you know, it, it just it just felt like I felt that I was very sympathetic to, I think Adam is the husband's name. Who I think Adam is Libby's husband. Yeah, let me confirm. Who is like, who is like played by the Josh Radner? Yeah, he is Adam. You're right. Yeah, who is just like this long suffering, like, give me a freaking break. Like, like if you're not happy with something, fix it. But you can't just like be, you know, spiraling and making everyone around you miserable. Like to what end? Are you saying that Lizzie? You're, you, because Adam's character to me was just a uh, plot device, right? He wasn't. He of everyone, he was he was the least fully formed character. Uh, because yeah, he was, but because he had to. Because in other words, he had taken on the role that traditionally we ascribe to the stay at home mother, right? He's the one who's getting the kids to camp. He's the one who's making sure that their lunches and their bathing suits are packed. Mm-hmm. He's the one who's who's like at a party in Brooklyn and is like, no, we, we have, we to, have go to go home, home because right. we have children right. at home right. who are not of the age that they can be left for the night alone. Yeah. I love that scene though. I, I could be who the heck knows projecting because that guy, Adam had a beard and I have a beard. Uh, but, uh, and, you're, and you share and a name. Named Adam. That's, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, the coincidences end, but Seth and Toby at some point say to Libby, you got to be nicer to him. <laughs> For sure she does. Like, God. Ugh. 
It was so cringy and like, oh, the whole like every time I saw Toby and Libby do that little like pirouette thing, I wanted to just like yeah, smack them both and be like, oh, my God, come on. Like, yeah. uh, uh, uh. anyway, OK, so that sense of ennui and dissatisfaction. Look, I'm not writing that off. I mean, I think that everyone has that to a certain extent. Right. Like there's no one. There's no one that I know who looks around their life as wonderful as it may be and feels completely satisfied all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just not possible. But on the flip side of that, like, if you're dissatisfied all the time, like, okay, well, you, you got to make a change. Like, mm-hmm. you either got to go back to work full time or find something professionally yeah. that fulfills you. Like, you got to do something because yeah. what you're doing now is not working, like, either for you or for anyone around you. Right. And so I would say for, I mean, for many, several of the characters in the show, like getting unstuck is, would be the work in a therapy, right? Because they're, they're all sort of miserable, but they're not doing anything. Right. But it also seemed pretty nihilistic to me too, right? Because here, like who got more unstuck than Rachel, right? Who she created her own agency. She found Alejandro Lopez, who's like the Win Manuel Miranda right. of the story, yep. right? And like catapulted her to the stratosphere of, you know, universally recognized t shirt level stardom, blah, blah, blah. Like, and she did it all on her own. She did it without family money. She did it, you know, without really, mm-hmm. we're led to believe, connections of any kind, right? She did it like through her own hard work. And then she snapped. Like, and that was it. Yeah. You know, and it all fell apart, like the proverbial house of cards in like seconds. Mm hmm. Except that, again, like I think, I, I just think that there were. This show, it's one where it makes you say, oh, well, according to whom? Did it fall apart in seconds, right? Because, like, according to her, yeah. According to Toby or, or Libby, like, it was different. It took years to get to that point. One of the nice things about therapy is that you can just take the patient at face value when they say something. One of the complicated and nice things about storytelling is, is especially on TV, is like, you, you know, you, you don't know whose perspective you should believe, basically, especially in a show like this. Right. Yeah. But yeah, right. I mean, on, if you describe her life on paper from her own perspective, that was a break. I mean, there's a reason. There's a reason that they use that word. Previously, breakdown. I'll say psychotic break. It's a break because it's sudden, suddenly so different from your functioning baseline, super high functioning baseline, right? So yeah, it's a, that was a fall. And the the best news for that character is that even in the worst of those uh, conditions that are re- the most severe uh, that that end up you know in involuntary treatment in a hospital setting there can very much be a return to baseline is and that true it can be managed absolutely yeah so holy I mean, cow that seems incredible there's a rare thing about like brief psychotic disorders. They don't happen that often, but occasionally you see them and it's like they were psychotic for this interlude, but before and after that, they were absolutely not without even, you don't even have to stay on treatment for the rest of your life or anything like that. Bipolar disorder, uh, schizophrenia, things, schizoaffective disorder. These things are more cyclical. Once you're, you're truly and, and fully diagnosed with a condition like that, you might have to come to terms with the idea of being in treatment, you know, to some degree for the rest of your life. But in treatment, you can very much 
return to a baseline or very close to your baseline with, with a lot of those kinds of conditions. So that's the hope for Rachel. And, and, you know, I hope they get divorced after the show ends. And do you, you right? don't want them, you don't want them to get back together. Like what that, did, uh, tell me that I, end scene. I, I, I'll tell you, but, but you start, tell me what you're as a viewer, what were you, if you were imagining them a year from now, what would you imagine? So I want them to be together, not because I think that they're so good together, I want them to be together because in order for them to be together after everything that's happened, they would have to change in ways that would be really beneficial for each of them individually, for them as a couple, and for their kids. So in other words, to see them together, I don't think they'd be together like we're sticking together for the kids, which P.S. is like a very crappy idea that really does not work. But just that's a side note. But in other words, if they were to decide to come together again, I think it would be uh, it's so hard not to use like the Instagram ish lingo of, Mm -hmm. you know, mindful, purposeful, intentional, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And I want that for them. I don't want them to keep going the way that they're going. Because I think that ironically, Seth is sort of the most hopeful character in the show, arguably because he's the least experienced. But, um, you know, so he says, no, I'm going to try this. And I'm going to try whatever... On the one hand, because he's getting married later, he knows more of what he's, quote-unquote, giving up. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, he knows more of what he is looking for, yeah. which I think is lovely. He was developmentally stunted, hanging out with 20-somethings as a 40-something, let's say. Right, like the older statement getting, you know, the baguette at 7 in the morning <laughs> yeah. because he's been out all night. I mean, you know. yeah. Uh, that gets so for, old and you him, get old. So. For him, even, forget about whatever his marriage has in store for the two of them. Like for him, that just his his ability to move forward in his life felt like character growth, right? Huge. Yeah. Well, and especially after like, you know, and I think Libby said it at one point, like you see me and you see Toby and you think this and is yeah. what I want. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, you're not what I want. Right. He's like, what I want is what you both were apparently striving for yeah. at one point. Yeah. And both of you have lost sight of mm-hmm. that, of that goal. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was a really good reminder, you know, to, mm-hmm. to really, yeah. I, I don't think there's a single person listening right now and I'm including you as well as me who could not stand to be more appreciative of their spouse or partner and the great things in their life. Well said. You know? Absolutely. And one of them is you, of course. So thanks, Adam. A great thing in in, in your sure. life. For sure. For well, sure. Same yeah. same here, Jordana. This yeah, was... this is no this is no Libby and Toby relationship. <laughs> this is healthy. Not. No, this is good. I mean if we ever got out of the squares, it would be even better. But you know, in the meantime, true. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this was this was a real pleasure. This is a show that we can't look forward to a sequel on. I don't assume. No, no, no. It's obviously uh, it's, it's the story sort of ends, but it's just a real joy. Not joy. Joy is not the right word. It's just a. It was a pleasure to get so into something so thoughtful that uh, spoke to us in different ways. And you know, it's been a pleasure talking this whole this whole season with you, Jordana. Same. Same. On that note, Let's see where the future brings us. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Take, Take care. care everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye. 
Please be advised that Characters on the Couch is a show focused only on fictional people, and none of the content should be considered medical or professional advice in any way. If you or someone you know is struggling with your mental health, please seek out professional consultation. Thank you. Thanks so much. Hope to see you guys next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.